I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mitt's Coffee has offered premium roasts of world-class coffee to the upper Midwest for years. And as cold weather changes the tint of the Northwoods, Mitt's offers you Laughing Goose Blend Dark Roast, a coffee that will shake the cobwebs loose and lift you into your day's events. Laughing Goose is the perfect mix of strength and taste, like the mighty bird that gave it its name. There is no problem or challenge you can't soar over after three or four mugs of Laughing Goose. The strong, rich flavor of a dark roast with the smooth drinkability of a medium blend. Strong, hot, straight from the pot. What more could you ask for on a crisp autumn morning? And of course, Mitz still offers its full range of coffee blends, including Morning Dove Early Morning Blend for those who need a milder start to the day. Yodeling Loon Espresso, our strongest blend for a potent cup. And Whistling Wood Duck Medium Roast, for those who like to keep a full pot on all day long. Laughing Goose is yet another of the flavorful coffees offered by Mitt's House of Fine Roasting. Mitt's Coffee, the brew that flew with the great Northwest. From the glow of downtown St. Paul's famous number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country, Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydstad and Fudd Klugman with another Woodland Escape. Well, welcome back to Cabin Country now. Sue, not only being a professional in the voice actor world, you recently started your own podcast. I did. Tell us about that. Well, I was looking for ways to sort of uh, stay creative uh, and tap into my all my years live on the radio and then in the studio doing voiceover work and thought, is there something I could do audio-wise? You you start your own radio show, that's a real heavy lift. Mm -hmm. And this is about three years ago when I started this thinking process. I thought, podcasts, we could do podcasts in our basements. You know, we don't don't have to be a lot of very expensive and that kind of thing. I knew nothing about how to create a podcast. I have a graveyard of of, uh, demos of early ideas. Sure. And uh, spent a really lot of money on one of them. Uh, in all studio time and paying actors good money and all this kind of stuff and learned very quickly, well, I can't sustain that. So uh, it, it ultimately, my need to sort of speak up and speak out about gender bias mm-hmm. and societal norms and it kind of asking why is it that way? Oh, that's just the way it is, Sue. Well, why? And based on my own experience, 
of, um, I thought, oh, I'll start a podcast that's tackling those issues. Right. And, and talk to women who I'm inspired by. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love uh, TED Talks and books and, and um, articles about women who have sort of overcome obstacles. And, and so that was really cool. And then also deal with funny female writers, funny uh, um, actor types. And wanting to do so, keep, keep some sketch element involved, storytelling involved, satire. Uh, so I kind of put together this show called Island of Discarded Women. Incoming, Walter, incoming. Donna, incoming now. Oh, where am I? You washed up. Sorry? Welcome to the island of discarded women, my friend. I used to be somebody. Are you that woman on the radio? Your island job is peladora de papas. Uh, Sorry, what? Potato peeler. 87% match for Uh, your skills. Okay, that's not... Anyway, what is the second best match then? Host of the Island Podcast. Are you kidding me? No, no, see, that's me. That's perfect for me. Originally, it was going to be produced, recorded and produced... And then we were asked to do the Women's Expo in January of 19. Mm-hmm. And we did it live. Can you do it live? Yeah, we can do it live. It's like I've been doing live radio for 24 years. <laughs> right. live. Yeah. And so we did it live. I'm like, what was I thinking? And it's, there's so much of about it that's a little more streamlined, actually. Right. There's mm-hmm. not quite so much production values once we're live. And there's more mm-hmm. rehearsal right. leading into mm-hmm. it. And so I've assembled this amazing cast of women and who... A very diverse cast, uh, an age, ethnicity, uh, backgrounds, and then we've got a singer-songwriter who's a kid with an old soul because she comes mm-hmm. up with these amazing. Uh, I mean, these, she doesn't live long enough to sing about some of the things that she sings about. So there's definitely an old soul there, and she she was writing a new song every month. We do it once a month. Mm-hmm. So we're live at a dinner club, mm-hmm. and then uh, we did that for almost a year. And we had moved from one club. We grew up that, this, the, the capacity of that. We were selling out like two and three months in advance. Mm. So we moved to a bigger club, um, Crooners, in uh, spring of 2020. And then, womp, womp. Yeah. And then yeah. we were shut down in, uh, after our March show. And so in the last year and a half, I've been producing what I call From Home episodes. Mm-hmm. So I'm interviewing my guest through Zoom. And our contributors are sending in stories, recording in their closets, recording mm. in the interiors of their cars. Thank you very much. That was a Fred Newman prompt. <laughs> because, well, sometimes I just record in the interior of my car. I'm like, hey, I didn't think about that. And, or their saunas, or sometimes they send me the first paragraph from three different closets. And I go, closet two was the good. <laughs> That's the better sound. Do it in closet two. Tales from the closet. And, uh, and then I added more sound design with that. So I've, I've taught myself a lot about editing and mixing and sound design, and yet we're still telling the story of amazing accomplishments that women have achieved, goals they're trying to achieve, heartaches, uh, the questioning of why are men, men ageless and women are not, or why do we not have equal pay for equal work, or you know, those kind of things. But we also deal with other subjects, and we deal with timely, timely subjects, and... Um, it's been really fulfilling. It's a ton of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're kind of creating a... I know this sounds really whatever. But it's sort of become a community. <laughs> yeah. More than yeah. just, oh, come see Sue and her friends do a live podcast. It's mm. become kind of a community. That's we have great. a lot of, yeah. of very, really loyal followers that come every week when we were live. 
and write me emails uh, since we've you know we've been doing the right. recorded episodes. So we're gearing up this fall to go live again. Oh, that's great. So that's all really exciting, kind of nerve-wracking and exciting. And so it's been um, a great way to use my skills that I already had and a great way to expand those skills. I will say one little side note. One of our first live shows, I did have some women afterwards say, why aren't you doing all your funny voices? <laughs> we, that's, how, that's why we love you, yeah. is you're doing your funny voices. And I went, oh, I'm sorry. I'm kind of doing some other things. Every right. once in a while, we do. I do little, mm-hmm. I do some right. little sketch, yeah. so sat satirical thing yeah. that might be yeah. a voice. Yeah. To but for the most part, that's not the focus. And um, on one hand, it's like, well, I did do that, and now I'm doing something different. Correct. And I'm the host, but I'm kind of the spearheader. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the star of the podcast. I'm kind of the, you know, the coordinator, the facilitator, mm-hmm. the moderator. And yes, I do do things in scripts, but I'm also just handing off to other amazing women. Okay, you you do your story for 12 minutes now. Right. Now you do your story for 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't want it to be all about me. And and they were like, no, the only reason why you we love you is because you, you do funny voices. And then her friend went, well, that's not the only reason. <laughs> she realized it was so <laughs> <Thank> specific. <you. laughs> right. And then so then the, that night I go home to my husband and I started singing, you know, the... The uh, garden party, you know. Right. Uh, oh, right. I went Ricky to Nelson. Ricky Nelson. I went to a garden party because I yeah. thought, oh, maybe I can't do this. Maybe these people aren't going to be interested if I'm not doing quote unquote funny voices. Mm. And I thought, I wanted. I, I have a mission. I have a. I, I have. I have a need to speak up, and I want to hear what other people have to say. So I we pushed through that, right. and uh, so that was an interesting little bit of a thing of don't change what you used to do. Mm. Keep doing that thing. Well, so, it can be kind of a curse, you know. When yeah, it's, it's been, a blessing and a curse. But when you listen to your podcast, it's so clear that not only are you a great writer, and you touch on the comedy that you that people are familiar with, but you're interviewing, you know, with mm. the stars you've had on. I listened to the, the great Anne Bancroft. I'm not talking about the actor. I'm talking about the, the explorer. The explorer, the first yeah. Yeah. Uh, woman to trek across the North Pole. That was great, and um, just so many great interviews. I listened to it thinking, like, yeah. there's so much more to Sue Scott than we <laughs> Well, I, 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 I did not know if I had interview skills. I just, we just kind of, Roxanne Battle was our, was my first sort of, the, sort of our first trial. She was very willing to do it. I said, can you be my, can I just try this with you? And she said, yeah. sure. So I didn't know, I didn't have my own, I sort of developed my own style, so to speak, just be out of necessity because I mm-hmm. I don't I'm not a journalist. The very first time one of the live shows when a very very gregarious guest was incredibly quiet on stage. Oh, so wow. I, I pre-interview right. everybody because yeah. I want to find out more about them and I also want to find out if there's anything that's too sensitive sure. or anything that's sensitive that I'm not bringing up that they would like to bring up. You know, the, so I, I pre-interview everybody and you know super super gregarious and super chatty and that's happened with a few women and then we get up in front of an audience and I think they're just aware of the audience or they're maybe trying to take care of the audience mm, sure. like oh the audience isn't into this so I won't tell this long story I'll tell it in one sentence mm-hmm. and I panicked mm. I was like the first time that happened I was like oh whoa this is a 20 minute story when we talked earlier in the week and now right. she's doing it in two sentences It's like, and I'm thinking oh. I literally panicked I just thought and I'm here. We're live, and I mean, we're not broadcast live, of course. Mm-hmm, we're being right, recorded, right. but it's live for the audience. And I just didn't know what to do, so I, I, 
prompted her. I said, you know, when you told me the story earlier, um, there was a thing that was really moving to me about that. Oh, okay. And then she just, yeah. well, that became, that became my thing. So now yeah. that's my thing right. is I don't make, I don't pretend that I've never talked to this woman before. Right, right. I say, you know, when we were talking earlier or last, you know, on the phone, you told me this or we, mm-hmm. we were chatting about and, I, and that just because I thought, OK, that's a, was a safety valve was my, you know, I mean, it was sort of like the safety net thing. And it's turned out to be a way that I can get in, keep, stay involved and I don't have to, to say, how come you're not talking about the thing that you told <laughs> right. me on the phone? Yeah. Yeah. I can just say, when you were talking, when on the phone, you told me. Yeah. And they may be forgetting, but I do think there's something about there's a little bit of a deer in headlights with the live audience. Yeah. And even yeah. when we're talking about Prairie Home, some of these big celebrities would come on and they would totally freeze up. Yeah. Yeah. We won't name names. <laughs> we, they know who they are. <laughs> but they would totally be like, Ooh. Cindy Brady. <laughs> Cindy Brady. Oh, lights yeah. on the camera. Oh. No, no, no. How many, how many, how many? And you're thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was just, I mean, some of these women are like, Broadcasters, and mm-hmm. even on you know on my podcast, yeah. but I do think there's something about live audience where there's a little bit of you pick up the energy, and and they're thinking, oh, well, I won't tell that whole story because they don't need to hear the whole story, and I'm mm. like, no, yeah, tell it, tell we're it. here to hear it. And there'll yeah. be times when they go, well, the guests will say, oh, you don't want to hear the whole story, and I'll look at the audience, sure and they'll go, do. yes, we do. <laughs> they don't yeah. even know what they're going to hear, but right. they're I'm like, uh-uh. they go, yeah, right. we do want to hear it. You go, oh, okay. So uh, it's I've learned a ton, mm. and it was sort of a very public way to learn. Mm-hmm. But what the heck, I you know I think I think I, you get old we get old enough. I'm old enough, but they don't really care. On some levels, it's like okay, if this doesn't work, I'll go find something else to do. Right. But this seems to be kind of working, and it's evolving. The podcast yeah, has gotten yeah. more. Ser- I think a little bit more serious uh, over the pandemic year. Because we we tried to do a Zoom comedy sketch oh, yeah. with six of us, and it was a total was, disaster. Yeah. Wow. Mm. It was a total disaster. And um, we had done some stuff with Garrison. We had yeah. done Tim and I. And Unless Fred. you have an editor who can put the separate things together. Well, we and yeah. we were going to yeah. even have that, yeah. but just it was like somebody's Wi-Fi was constantly freezing up, oh. and somebody else was this and that. And they thought, I thought, let's not even try it again. So we went back. So we kind of let that go which we have a lot of fun with those kind of things when we're mm-hmm. live. Yeah. So some of the comedy uh, is a little different. It's, it's a little more satire. There's more commentary mm-hmm. um, and sort of so, little solo pieces maybe. Yeah. But um, we'll get back to a little bit more of that when we get live. But I, I think there's something that's good about It's been a really important year. Oh, Tough, yeah. painful uh, reckoning going on. We've got the racial reckoning. We've got... All the lies we've lost with COVID, we've got all the you know all the unrest, so both politically and everything, yeah. and so I think attention must be paid. So I think the fact that the podcast got a little bit more meaningful, maybe mm-hmm. more on the meaningful, more poignant level, was appropriate. Right. Yeah, it was appropriate. Well, and funny voices or not, you hooked me. I mean, it's it's just a it's a great show to listen to. So yeah, way, again, with the thousands of podcasts that are out there, you know. Anybody like those two guys on Cabin Country? You know? Yeah, like anybody just love those guys. Mike and think love they can those broadcast like Bajorn and Fudd. What the, you know, whatever. What the but heck? these other people have something to say. No, but yeah, I was going to say your podcast. It's, it's like 
well, you were like born to do it. You were trained to do it. I mean, not only the way you can perform your funny voices, yeah. but uh, you're able to, listening. to yeah. interview and, and, and mix and everything. It's like just a really top-notch well, production. So it, stand, it stands out as like a podcast you should check out for many right. reasons. Right. So Thank you. The Island, Island of, of Discarded Women. Oh, yeah. I'll let you say it. Go ahead. You say it. The Island of Discarded Women. That's outstanding. And then the, pod, and then the podcast website is islandofdiscarderwomen.com. Yes. That was a plug. Versus what you used to have to say that nobody could say. And, Parma- and I'm not even going to try it. So I'm oh, yeah. What's that? Well, just a, Absolutely. one last note on, like, on, the, on podcasting in general. The, the, the new sort of thing, podcasting, compared to new the old days of, of radio. What, with your long experience, uh, what's, what do you think of all that? What do you think of this new... I mean, obviously, you're trying it, giving it a go, and it's working for you. Mm-hmm. But so how do you compare... Your experience with radio and, and, and commercial work with Film. podcasting yeah. now. What are some of the things? Well, I just, I'll, just, I'll just jump in real quick because I want to turn this over to Tim. But the thing about podcasting, and partly because we're, we're trying to be a live show, um, is I'm more concerned. My focus has always been getting butts in the seats kind of mm-hmm. thing yeah. and selling tickets. And it's sort of like, oh, yeah, I should be working at trying to get more listeners. Mm. Um. But they come. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but that's something that I feel like I could learn a lot more about is how to get more oh, listeners. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is the $64,000 question right. to talk mm-hmm. about the we old days. We haven't gotten And I don't, you know, and yet. then some podcasts just take off. Yeah. And you go, huh, re- re- really? That, that one? <laughs> <Right>. Okay. <laughs> maybe not just my cup of tea, maybe. Mm. But, you know, they're just like, oh, my God, these kids, these teenagers, they were doing this for two weeks, and now they've got five million listeners. You go, wow, oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't have that right now. Mm-hmm. And I have, this, like I said, this dual focus because I want to get the audience back and get back to the audience live in, in the, at eating and drinking while they're right. listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. So... Um, I I uh, I'm open to suggestions. I don't know if you <laughs> or Don or anybody have suggestions on how to get how to get more listeners. How do you go from 15 listeners to two million? I, do you, I don't know I, what the magic do is. Do you yeah. know any serial killers? Because yeah. that seems to be. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Real true crime is a big thing. Well, right? and that's uh, the thing. It's like we will never ever do that. We're different. Yeah, yeah. that's that. Yeah. There just seems to be a lot of you I, know I, yeah. two people talking about their. Shoes, the shoes they buy. <laughs> talking about shoes, we were talking about the bird songs. They talk yeah. about the shoes. I bought these shoes; they were super cute. I guess we should talk about our theme, which has nothing to do with shoes. Uh, and we we parody sometimes that. We I have parodied right. that on the podcast. Right. Okay. But I do think that there is, you know, kind of what hits, what doesn't, the timing. I I don't I don't know who the for- listens I, to podcasts. What age group? Right. Kind of thing. I don't know what the for- I don't know what the formula is. I was told by some. Some friends in the biz. Uh, in fact, one of the guys, Chris Bannon, has his own podcast network. He used to be our PR person on Prairie Home in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Then he worked at WNYC, and he started pod. He's a he's a big podcast mogul. Oh, and if you're listening, Chris, I'm talking about you, buddy. <laughs> I'm talking about you. Anyway, he was advising me a little bit early on, especially when, when we were live with mm-hmm. Island of Scarlet. And he said, "I think you're trying to do too much." Oh, uh, I think the satire is strong. I think storytelling is strong. The interviews are good too. I wouldn't do them in one podcast. I uh, podcast listeners don't like a lot of variety. Oh. And this was two years ago, and I just said, um, "Yep, I'm not going to do that." Mm-hmm. I want to do all those things. And then he said, "You know, however, I applaud you for doing your own thing." 
trying to create your own formula. Trailblazing. And, 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 and being creative. So having said, I wouldn't do that. It's to mix, mixing too many elements. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that you're trying to do your own thing and go for it. So, but I just thought, no, I don't want to just be an interview show, mm-hmm. and I don't want to just be a comedy show because, like I said, that's exp- more expensive, yeah. uh, as it turns out. And the problem with comedy, especially uh, social satire, and and if it has if it bridges on sort of timely events, well, then by the time you mix and edit it, two weeks later, two three weeks later, maybe even four weeks later, depending on what the, the schedule is, that's not in the news anymore. Right. Yeah. I learned that the hard way with the, or with the earlier iteration of this podcast when we were in studios. It's like by the time we finished, I didn't even like three months later, nobody that that wasn't funny anymore. The yeah. thing that we spent all that time and energy doing that was so funny and so timely. Yeah. So I thought, oh, we need to be careful about that. Mm. So anyway, it's been uh, it's been there's challenges. Yeah. To trying to have some sort of pulse on what's happening. Yeah. Aware of what's going on yeah. around you. Aware right. of what's going on, but try to keep it more sort of universal. Or, you know, kind of, and we don't bellyache all the time. We, you know, we're, and we're getting a lot into more personal stories. And the personal mm-hmm. stories to me are, from the cast are golden. Right. They're just oh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, thank I you love for it. Asking and we wish me. you luck. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate love, it. Love, love a sure. great and growing success. But yeah. before you go, Tim's going to. <laughs> Tim's going to stay with us because he's been rather silent. And it's Tim's turn. So, yeah, it's Tim's turn, but Sue's going to have to take off. But yeah. one last question we had for you, kind of a Minnesota thing. You migrated up here to Minnesota years ago. Yeah. What, what keeps you in Minnesota? They're just the community, the friends. I mm-hmm. met my husband here. Uh, he's very, you know, he's very ingrained in the theater fabric. He, he runs his own theater company in St. Paul. And um, just, you know, I live two blocks from Tim. You know, Tim and I used to carpool a lot uh-huh. to airports or to St. Paul, whatever. And people would go, "Are you married?" And I would say, "No, this is my dad." I would say, yeah, "Exactly." <laughs> I would say, "No, that's my dad." I would say, um, "I would typically say yes, we are to other people." Yeah, <laughs> and it would cut to get this thing like I do. Oh. oh. We are married. Well, that makes sense. Isn't that wonderful? Because we're getting out of the same car a lot. (laughs) Well, he lives two blocks away, so it's convenient. And we're saving the environment. Well, there you go. Exactly. And, uh, but, uh, uh, what was the question? I'm sorry, Don. Can you rewrite that? Why Minnesota? Oh, why Minnesota? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, just, this is just home now. I mean, I'm just, it's just, just, I'm so used to the sea. I mean, it took a while to get used to all the the change of seasons and the the bitter Mm -hmm. cold. But now it's like, uh, Tucson only has like hot and hotter, right. you know, yeah. and sunny, 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 or monsoon rains. Right. Yeah, and there's nothing in between. There's like 338 days a year of sun. Oh my gosh! My I mother could, used to I wake up every day, go, oh, "Look, it's a gorgeous sunny day, Mom. It's sunny every day." <laughs> another one. Here comes. I know, the but she go, but she go, but it's another one. Oh. It's a beautiful sunny day. It's always sunny. We're going to take a short break and say our goodbyes to the wonderful Sue Scott, but we'll be back shortly with the fabulous Tim Russell right after this. Paul and Walleye's Paid and Marine Gas reminds you to visit our gas dock in these late days of summer. Our boat dock is still open and we're ready to fill your tank. While many have taken out both lift and boat by this point, Scores of our adventuresome neighbors are still taken to the water. Fall fishing is some of the best you can get. Nothing beats casting towards structure under the autumn leaves. 
For those who are not done with boating yet, a reminder that Daisy the Dock Dog will come down to visit you when you fill your gas can or inboard tank. Our happy hound will join you dockside and you'll know she'll be wearing her prize pockets vest. Yes, sir. With every fill-up, you get a chance to choose a token from one of the pockets on Daisy's bright orange vest. And as she wags her tail, you'll discover what you've won. A brown token tells you you've won a dozen leeches. A blue token indicates you've won a dozen shiners or light pike minnows, dependent on our current stock. And a gold token? Well, that gold token means you get to pick out one of this season's lures that are still on the shelves as of early fall. From weedless to spoons to top floaters, they're all up for grabs if you pick a gold token from Daisy's vest. That a girl. Yes, we still have full service oil to fuel mixing at the dock for smaller outboards, and you can always tie off at one of our service docks if, you know, nature calls or your stomach is rumbling. We've got all the popular snacks the kids love, as well as a full range of smoked fish and jerky from Al the Harbor Master. And we're open all year with cold beer and soda or hot coffee, depending on what you'd prefer. We proudly brew Mitt's Coffees and feature six and 12 packs from all the local microbreweries. We always have beer from the big names as well. Yeah, Daisy likes the big names. Make the best of this autumnal boating and angling season. Tie off at Hall and Walleyes and dig deep in Daisy's prize pocket vest. You'll be glad you did. And now the real stories of the Cabin Country Outdoors agents. Tonight, Episode 4, Red Sails in the Sunset. It had gotten late enough that I decided not to bother the Bensons with the news. The recent development was that they didn't have a bear bothering their trash. They had a giant mother raccoon raising a litter of kits in the upstairs confines of their garage. The mother raccoon was raiding the trash when other food wasn't readily available. She was large enough that in low light or twilight she could be mistaken for a smallish to average sized bear. I didn't think Les read Benson for his mistake. Anyone could have made it. The next day, Sunday, dawned clear and comfortable and I headed out to the Clamshell Lake area to report my findings to the Bensons and Jim Galligan. I arrived at 8 o'clock and was impressed with my colleagues' work to see that they had already been to the Benson place and that the culvert trap was already gone. It appeared that agency officers hadn't woken the neighborhood with their presence, and all was calm. A knock or two on the Benson back door brought out Red. I let him know the status of our situation. Morning, Red. Hope I'm not too early. I've got some news for you. No, I was up. I'm used to early morning tea times with my guys. Guess the old body clock forgot that we didn't have a tea time this morning. Well, I hope the agency guys didn't wake you this morning with the removal of that trap. Oh, good, you got him then. No, Red, it isn't a bear. Come again? I sat vigil last night in Jim's driveway. You don't have a black bear raiding your trash. I wondered. The absence of bear scat around your place seemed odd to me. Where black bears raid, they usually leave a calling card, if you follow. I've seen my share of poorly behaved black bears in all sorts of animal-human interactions. Your scenario just didn't seem to have any of the telltale signs. No, what I saw last night may calm you on one hand and concern you on another. What are you talking about, Torgy? Well, I sat in the cab of the truck looking out for your bear. The noises began, then the movement. You got a big female raccoon, Red, and it gets better. Torgy? Looks to me like she's got a nursery of raccoon kits in your garage. She artfully raided that culvert trap like a jewel thief. Then she climbed that red oak next to your garage and disappeared under the overhang. I'm guessing you've got an accessible opening in your soffit vents somewhere up there. She climbed the tree, got near your garage, and vanished. We can get her and the kit's out. 
you and Betty have a discussion ahead of you. Come again? Well, to move the family now is an option. It may cause some survival problems for those kits, however, relocating after a couple of weeks in their nest. Yeah, I see what you mean. I want them gone, but I don't think I want them dead. Are they damaging anything up there, Torgy? I doubt it, Red. Maybe I should say whatever damage they've done is already done, if you follow me. Talk with Betty. They can't cause much more of a problem at this point. Once they move out, we've got some suggestions for you. Job one, of course, is to show up your soffit and fascia all along the garage roof overhang. Anyway, why don't you talk with Betty and let me know what you want. I'd gone back to the office and started work on reports concerning the Bensons and the raccoon issue. From my desk at the agency, I watched the traffic out on 371. I wondered what we'd hear from the Bensons and how Jim Galligan would weigh in on this. A raccoon is an annoyance to some, but generally not the same problem as an unwanted bear. The captain stopped by my desk. Some bear issue you had out there at Clamshell, eh, Torgy? Yeah. A raccoon family and a need for garage repair. It's too bad we spent the money on hauling out the new culvert trap, Skip. That's why we have the trap, Torgy. That's why we have agents on payroll. We were doing our job the best way possible. At the end of the day, the good people of Clamshell Lake are safer for it. What do you hear from the homeowners? Nothing yet, Captain. I'd barely gotten the words out when the phone rang. Red Benson. Torgy, I just talked the situation over with Betty over our second round of morning coffee. She's a softy, Torgy. She doesn't want us to break up that raccoon's happy home until the kids have moved on. I'm just curious, Torgy, what does the agency suggest we do once they move out? Well, Red, job one is to get a ladder and clean up your rafter area where the raccoons have made their nest. Job two, seal up your garage. Do the job yourself or contract it, but get your overhang free from entry points for any and all wildlife. When they're gone, Red, put down some rags soaked in ammonia. Won't smell great for a while, but it'll override the smell of the raccoons and also repel them. Raccoons hate that smell. That and a lack of any entry point should keep you raccoon-free for the foreseeable future. If you really want to seal the deal, cut down that red oak. It's a freeway to the overhang of your garage for all kinds of critters. Well, those are all good suggestions, and we'll follow them, Torgy. I'm not excited about taking down a mature oak, though. But we've got several on the property. And one more thing, Torgy. Red? We could use more firewood. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to join Officer Torgi Torgison in the next exciting episode of Real Adventures of the CCOA, right here on Cabin Country. This program is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents are either products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any similarity to actual events, locations, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Welcome back to Cabin Country. Now we've got uh, Tim Russell here Wait, Tim solo. Tim Russell, yes indeed. Because Sue had to scurry off with her busy schedule. But right. uh, but we can focus on a couple of things. We're anxious to hear somewhat about the olden days with WCCO. You went to Brown Institute, right, in Minneapolis? Yeah, actually I was at uh, University of Minnesota Law School. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was there for about six months and said, this is not going to be fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, unless... Unless you wanted Jimmy Stewart to do a case, you know, I, I, I just didn't know what to do with it. So I, I dropped out of that. And I had done voices uh, in grade school. And sure. Okay. I watched all the late night talk. I was the only kid probably at Nativity that, that watched Jack Parr every night. Oh, yeah. Coming in bleary-eyed the next day. Yeah. And 
so uh, I just wanted to get into that kind of a business. Even, but I was so shy that I didn't think that was a possible thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So I went to Brown to get my first class radio license, mm-hmm. which you don't need anymore, of course. But I, I fortunately got a job down in Dubuque, Iowa, and uh, went down there, and that's where I met my wife, Judy. Yep. So that, that was all good things. Right. I was there mm-hmm. for two years and ended up doing an afternoon drive time show there at WDBQ, and then uh, WCCO-FM was just starting to go full blast at 100,000 watts, and they didn't have a staff or anything, so I I sent an application that Judy helped me put together, mm-hmm. and uh, a demo tape, Yep, Absolutely. and uh, they called me up and said, you know, you're our guy, so come up and wow. do mornings, uh, and I started in 1973. At, oh, okay. uh, WCCFM at the wow. top of the Picnic Hotel. Okay. Oh, at the time, yeah. wow. Uh, we were there for about six months, and then moved over to 11th Street. And uh, we had a great staff, and it was really a fun FM station, 102.9. We had free reign to play whatever we wanted. Yeah, uh, we're given uh, a choice of many albums. It was album oriented, okay. a lot of deep mm. tracks. Right. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, and I would do yeah. stuff. I would play. Comedy. Every once in a while, I play an old uh, Albert Brooks cut, sure. or you know, Bob and Ray, or yeah. And then I play Rhapsody in Blue sometimes. I needed 17 minutes to go to the <laughs> restroom. <laughs> so that was that was a really fun show. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I teamed up with Carl Lenzgraf, the late yep. great Carl Lenzgraf, and we did something called the Rude Awakening. Mm-hmm. Rude Awakening. Carl and Tim's Rude Awakening asking you, boys and girls, if you know what that special theme music means. Well, of course it means a visit <laughs> with Mr. Codgers, radio programming consultant. I saw a look of bewilderment among the audience. <laughs> well, they didn't know that you were here, but he is an expert, boys and girls, and that's why he's here, because we badly need the help. <laughs> yes, and uh, you know, I've just got a message for the listener today. A message for the listener? Yes, I can't promise you the best radio show you've ever heard. Just better than the one you're listening to right now. <laughs> yeah. well, you, know, you know, radios are everywhere. Sure, there are radios all over, Mr. Codgers. That's right. They're being heard right now in drugstores and elevators and on cable TV. And You know, it really kind of bugs me. What bugs you? They also put radios in stuffed animals. Do they? So, yes, so actually at this very moment we'd be, we're being heard through a raccoon's belly. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a disconcerting thought, don't it you? It is. I never Can you say disconcerting? Dis- di- disconcerting? I realize it's a lot of syllables, but well, it's give the call letters. <laughs> Mr. Rogers, you've done it again at FM 103. That was excellent. And we did that for a couple of years, and then I went over to WCCO AM in 83 and teamed up with Ruth Kozlak mm-hmm. and did a mid-afternoon show, 1 to 3, and it was... Uh, it was a, another great time. I've had mostly teamed up with people, yeah. except in into the uh, early '90s when I was uh, had my own mid morning show, right. nine to noon, um, and it was basically a lot of interviews. Mm-hmm. And at that time, everybody came to town, and it was uh, you know you got to meet Werner Klemperer, uh, <laughs> you know, Colonel Clink, Shirley <laughs> Temple, uh, yeah. You know, Douglas wow. Fairbanks Jr. Wow. I mean, these people would come into the studio and share memories of uh, usually promoting a book that they'd just written about oh, their sure. life and showbiz wow. or politics. Uh, you know, get Dan Rather in. Yeah, um, it was really fun. It was yeah. uh, it was very informative. Uh, 
And uh, then I went to Cajun 104 Classic Country for Classic Country a year. Okay. And then KLBB for another year with right. teamed up with Joyce Lamont, Joyce mm-hmm. Lamont, mm-hmm. the queen of Deep Twin breath. Cities Radio. Yeah, absolutely. She did her famous recipes show. Absolutely. And uh, Best Buys. Walk down memory, memory lane. Memory lane. Yeah. You bet. Then I went uh, to Prairie Home Companion in 94. Okay. And at the same time, I was working uh, there. And in 97, I went back to WCCOAM and did uh, mid-mornings with Patty Peterson. And then I ended up doing the morning show as the entertainment editor with uh, Dave Lee. Okay. And did bits all the way through. We did bits, you know. Right. Character voices and editing. So radio was a fun, wow. fun job. And at the, at, at you know, the time of this podcast, uh, Dave Lee just retired a few months ago in May, I think, or April. Yeah. Right. Uh, after 32 years himself. And right. so I was reading a little bit about that. It's kind of the end of an era. They haven't even found replacement for him. And it's all news now. It's no more. I think Dave himself was quoted as saying, like, yeah, they've moved out of comedy sketches for the morning shows, that kind of thing. So yeah. everybody wants to be really? serious all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, what fun is uh, that? No, I, I really liked radio as an entertainment vehicle mm. because it kind of opens up your imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what made old-time radio interesting. That's what made Prairie Home Companion interesting. Absolutely. You could visualize things. You weren't limited by... Uh, what you could get on camera, you, right. mm-hmm. you could have a sound effects right. guy recreate. Yeah, as Stan Freeberg used to talk about, you know, you could uh, have a plane dropping maraschino cherries. In the <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. right. It, it was all up to the sound effects. Right, right, and wow. and you know, the human mind allows for that. Yeah, it, yeah, it, you know, it really does. Yeah, that's the beauty yeah. of it. I remember thinking maybe you were the same, Tim. I. Somebody asked me at one point in high school where I had absolutely, no, you were going to be a lawyer and I was going to be a rock star and then I was going to be a pro soccer player. And then reality kicked in and I said, I have no idea. How do I get paid to talk? Because I love to talk and I love to talk to other people. And they said, well, Einstein, have you looked into radio? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> not yet, but I'm going to, you know. And yeah. uh, I had I, yeah. t- two of my brothers actually went to Brown. And one was went to Tomahawk, Wisconsin for a time and did a tiny radio station there. Another brother went to St. Cloud. But they didn't last forever. So I, I, I don't know, Tim. It seems like, um, well, I think your talent just opened up more doors to make a real career out of it uh, than I, I got to think a lot of people go into radio or went in in radio. And it just... They ended up not being like some of these guys now making millions of dollars for being the morning show, right? right. I don't know, but... Well, I was blessed uh, to be working in the time of great advertising, first of all. Oh. The Twin Cities was home to probably four of the biggest ad agencies in the country. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. And uh, there was so much work here, that's what brought all the great actors to come to the Guthrie mm. uh, to do, you know, yeah. they could do, they could make a career here. Right, huh. and so that's where uh, I, my real career was doing voiceovers for radio and television, and that kept us uh, occupied through the whole day. You know, you'd get right. off the air in the morning and, and uh, okay. off and running, okay. maybe doing five, six commercials a day. You know. Oh, really? And uh, at the time, the union was strong. Sure, there was no non-union situation mm-hmm. i've mm-hmm. worked on union stations and for union shows all my life which has left me with a nice pension 
Yeah. And so um, those are the good old days. Right. The good old days. Right. Yeah. You don't find that anymore. Yeah. I think it's time to uh, kind of segue into the cabin country. We uh, wild preparing for the show. You were kind enough to send us some photos of a cabin that you went to in Niswa, you know, on, on Lower Cullen Lake. Uh, uh, Jumping off the dock, looking oh, yes. static as a young man, about ready to hit the water. Did you notice I was wearing footies? I, I did not see that. I did. Maybe that was another picture, but I, I was kind of afraid of uh, crawfish and other things that leeches. Well, I still yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, that big northern pike that might be looming around the. That's dock. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But now, my great grandfather uh, George Lennon grew up in Appleton, Wisconsin, and moved here in the 1800s and started his own haberdashery. Lennon and Gibbons in St. Paul, wow. and then bought the St. Paul Saints when it was part of the American Association right? from uh, uh, Wrigley. And um, he eventually became president of the American Association, but uh, he ran the club till about 1916. Okay. He sold Miller Huggins to the New York Yankees for $25,000 or something, wow. which was a monstrous <laughs> amount at the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he became a uh, famous player for the early Yankees yeah. and coach then. Yeah. And he helped uh, populate Lexington Park over on University in yeah. Lexington. So um, he decided to build a place up north on Lower Cullen, as you mentioned. And in fact, in a number of locations in Niswa, he built the Niswa Beach Resort, which is now a park kitty corner from downtown Niswa. And this property, uh, all of my aunts and and uh, my uncle and and our family would go up there, and uh, it, it's like any other family in Minnesota. If you've got a place to go, it's just all memories. Right. Mm -hmm. We pack right. up the station right. wagon and a trailer in the back and go up there for a month with our bikes. And, Absolutely. Wow. And our fishing gear, and and um, just made the most most out of it. It was. Mm -hmm. I, I just you just never forget those days at the at the cabin. Right. How big a town was Niswa back at those? Well, it's, early it's pretty days. much the same Main Street, and it had uh, Eva Moran's nightclub, and it had Martin's Standard Gas Station, sure. and it had Ockery Bakery, and the Spotlight, which is a club, like a dance my, club, uh, possibly. It's a dance hall. Yeah. That my uh, great grandfather helped build, and he uh, had a turkey farm over on okay. Niswa, which is now the Quarter Deck Resort. Wow. Hmm. And did I say Niswa? I meant uh, Gull Lake. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Lake, yeah. Okay. Um, so he was really a, a part of the uh, community up there. But he built this fabulous place full of stickly furniture and Navajo rugs and mm, all yeah. the stuff you you just die for if you saw right. the pictures. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, I, I just have you know I just try to recreate that that feel uh, where we're living at the time. It right. was just uh, memorable. And then uh, we did a lot of fishing. We went up through the channels, and sometimes we had a portage, basically, a boat through the channel, the middle mm -hmm. column, and then upper mm -hmm. column. Upper column was the Wild West, where you could really go for the big northern. <laughs> My mo most memorable fishing adventure, though, was one night at about 11 o'clock, and I was probably 12 at the time. I got in the rowboat with a 15-foot uh, bamboo pole okay. and went over to the lily pads across the way and started... Uh, just tossing in, I don't know what I used for bait, but um, I got a hit and it was, uh, it seemed like a giant yeah. hit. And uh, I struggled with the bamboo pole, didn't have to reel it in or anything, but I pulled it up and it was flopping around in the boat, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. And I started uh, 
rowing back to the dock. And at the same time, this fish was making all sorts of intestinal distress <laughs> sounds, oh, no. which was humorous and scary at the same time. Right. In the dark. In the dark. And I had just, I, we finally got back to, to uh, the dock, and I pulled this thing out. It was a dogfish. Okay. Oh. I was going to say, did you have an eel pout? Or was it? Yeah. Okay. Basically an eel pout, which looks prehistoric. You know, yes. it's got the one big dorsal fin. Yeah. Oh, my God. And uh, both in, yeah, and Yikes. I, I, you know, you, we, I didn't even know it existed, yeah, <laughs> but it was probably you know 10 pounds or something. Wow, that yeah. was great. Oh my so, gosh. I alerted the, the family, and we all kind of ran down and we were amazed at this, at this fish, yeah. But uh, I did that's about the only whopper I caught. Although in high school, I went to a camp up in uh, Lake Cabotogama, mm-hmm. uh, which is which was run by uh, a teacher at, at my high school. Okay. And uh, we went to a lake called Crane Lake, and we all fished from the shore. And I'm telling you, we, we caught dozens of huge northern, huge for us. They, right. They were right. about 15 pounds. And, wow. That's and bigger it, than any northern I've ever pulled. I, exactly. It was, yeah. it was really north country. It wow. was fantastic. Yeah. Wow. So that's our... Judy... Uh, came up years later and, and we did a portage into one of those lake, yeah. lakes and uh, she's the one of course who caught everything <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it goes yeah. we had a we had a teacher for a guide you know sure who was not only a teacher teacher but a teacher as a guide so. right and so, from your from your high school uh, yeah this that was a, a, when we were growing up but from from high school uh, that was a, the great memories you know staying in the cabins and yeah learning uh things we shouldn't have learned <laughs> and so you could spend months at a time uh, uh, in summers there uh, and up in Nisswa we spent a month every summer basically. oh okay guaranteed you and I went up one time in the yeah. winter uh, the caretakers up there uh, it was big enough so it had caretakers uh, they invited me up and I got on a bus and I was mm-hmm. uh, say maybe 12, 13 at the time sure. then too we did ice fishing mm-hmm. and uh, I can't recommend that for everybody. <laughs> I was going to say, how much ice did you catch? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's way too cold. I like got some really sloppy frying yeah. stuff. Yeah. It was crazy. Tell us more about the cabin itself. Like, uh, how, how many people could it fit? Yeah, like how? Well, there was a... This was all when my distant family had money. I'm reminding everybody that that's all gone now. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, but... Uh, he built this this magnificent cabin up there, which has been beautifully refurbished by a young couple and their family. Uh, and they've asked for films and photographs, and yeah. they put it together beautifully, like I, I, I remember. Hmm. But uh, that was that was the upper cabin that we didn't go up to too much. The lower cabin uh, was kind of long and one story, although it had this wonderful French uh, set of French doors and all these. Uh, French windows, mullion, multi-mullion windows that would mm-hmm. open up, mm-hmm. and then a double staircase that would go down to a porch, and the porch had the roll-down canvas mm. shades that okay. you could button up for the sure. storms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was filled with wicker furniture, and wow. like I say, my great grandfather somewhere along the way came back from the west, loaded up with these wool Navajo-style sure. rugs, yeah. and, yeah. and wow. a wonderful kitchen, uh, a big eating porch. And it could it probably had four or five bedrooms on the on the end of wow. the cabin, one master bedroom. And the porch, 
Tim, was that was it screened in? So it was screened in. Okay, yeah. that's that's kind of critical. You'd hear in the, the great state storms of Minnesota. coming in from the west. We'd go outside, roll down, roll down the, the uh, made by uh, Holm is the name of the I company. See. Holm. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So it's more information than you probably yeah, need. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. It sets, yeah, really sets a picture, and then we had the yeah. uh, the boathouse, uh, and that's where my brothers and I slept mm-hmm. in the boathouse. In the boathouse with mm-hmm. no facilities. <laughs> so, one don't, one or two too many soft drinks at night, then we'd have to uh, figure out a way to take care of that, <laughs> yeah. which involved the stair landing. And for me, being afraid of wolverines or whatever, <laughs> I just opened the window and used the screen, <laughs> which left kind of a nasty. I was going to say rusty. Why are these screens all trail? Rusty? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but well, from, after all, it's just the boathouse. But from there, you know, when the storms would roll through or the yeah. train would go across, yeah, uh, the uh, on highway next to Highway 371 would go across. You could hear it across the lake in the middle of the night, haunting. Yeah. I love oh, that yeah. sound. It was great. Love that sound. Well, and Fudd, you've recorded it many times yeah. as it crosses the Yeah, it crosses the Gulf River, the just river. a mile up river. It just, and, uh, oh, man. Time every time I'm up there, I get a new recording of it. Well, time stands still. You hear that, and you're just, nothing matters anymore. Yeah. You know? We got to that and loons. interview my uh, <laughs> my Uncle Joe, who's the, uh, he's 91. He's the oldest steam, licensed steam, licensed steam engine engineer yeah. uh, in Minnesota right now, because he knew the previous guy that held that title that guy uh, passed away so so there's always been a romantic association with the sound of the train echoing across the water so it sounds like you had that at lower cullen we do and actually we have it here where we're we're living it's oh okay not far away there's a train that rolls through and i just i love get the sound it kind of reminds me that uh, we're touring your house uh which is just a wonderful place you're quite a collector of antiques you and you and your wife have been i imagine for years yeah, but that's all all as a result of this experience I described being okay. up in these cabins. Wanting I, to make it feel like, yeah, feel like the cabin a, you went to as a young man. Exactly. So oh. that sort of prompted the way we shopped at estate sales and oh, sure. yeah. garage sales. And, well, I was I was doing the same with our basement in Highland. I've got I've got we've got knotty pine down there. It was built back in the thirties, forties, forties, I guess. And various Let's make the place a little more modern. Well, we're going to whitewash all that knotty pine. That that kind of hurt. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> but I now guess, you can see. Well, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then the, I, I, there was a cabinet they built out of cedar in the furnace room to just put winter coats in, and the cedar will repel the, the moths and everything. And, and I was given free reign to use the last of my acrylic paints before I switched to oil. I, I painted this big from a photo of our old cabin, what the shore looked like going down Daggett Lake. So I painted all that, uh, you know, it's seven foot painting of, it looks like you're going to walk right into the, the shore in a cabin that no longer exists. And now we're getting ready to possibly put the thing on the market. I've been handed the, the can of white paint in the roller already. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all the time and love you put into that, your, you know, walk back into, you know, you've got your rugs and your collections and, yeah. oh, I'm back at the cabin. And I, I go downstairs and, it's, oh, Daggett Lake. Right. I get Sorry, to Van Gogh. Yeah. It's got to go. <laughs> yeah. Every Van Gogh must go as we roll over your old cabin experience. I keep wow. thinking, what if we sell it to someone who wishes it was still there? You know? Exactly. Yeah, but They'll I don't have to start think we're going to meet those people. So yeah, I no. get to I get to whitewash it. So you did some fishing, and well, so what you said about 1962 is when your grand, great grandfather sold 
the place or yeah. your parents did? My great-grandfather passed away in the 40s, but uh, okay. my grandfather sold it along with uh, a company that he had up here. He lived in California at the time. Oh, okay. And uh, did I mention the name Lennon? That was our, yeah. my mother's yeah. name was yeah. Lennon, and so I'm related to the Lennon sisters, for those of you of a certain age. Indeed. You <laughs> who uh, remember the fabulous lovely, Lennon sisters on Lennon the sisters. Lawrence <laughs> <laughs> We call on the lovely Lennon sisters for a hit song of the past year, More. More than the greatest love the world has known. And they are fabulous, too. Yeah. They're really great. We've had them up here a few times. Nice. And uh, it's been a joy. Their younger brothers are in a spectacular group called Venice, if anyone wants to mm. Google that. Venice, the band. Okay. Hmm. They have probably 10 albums, and they are really, really good. Huh. Incredible harmonies. And they all live in California. Got it. Hmm. So, um, at any rate, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Venice is probably not on the Lawrence Welk reruns, sadly. Uh, no. I guess. No, yeah. it isn't. Yeah. Larry Hooper and Venice song. <laughs> no one else could love you more. Well, I think we're, let's see, we're heading at the sale of the cabin. That's right. Cabin was sold. That's right. The cabin was sold, so we started to uh, search for places that uh, could give you the same feel and mm -hmm. that means visiting a lot of resorts mm -hmm. around the north country right. kind of a labor of love labor of love the north shore we'd go to every year uh, lost lake lodge was a wonderful place to go it's uh, still there as a resort of uh, you know multiple cabins that have been spiffed up quite a bit a lot sure. of new ones up there and they have great sure. that's on the go narrows they call it between i think roy lake and gull lake okay hmm. Okay, and you probably, well, I see I exactly where that is, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, My just, it's, it's just a, you know, half a mile from uh, where the new Bar Harbor is, basically. Okay. Um, the old Bar Harbor burned down, and there was a place called the Rainbow Club, I think, on 371, which was right across from uh, the Sportsman Cafe, which I think is closed now, but there was Jimmy's uh, Grocery Store, and uh, the Gull Lake Drive-In was not too far mm. away. Mm. Okay. So, anyway. There was a sportsman cafe in, in, in Cross Lake, too, and it was one of those places that was open to the locals all year round. Yeah. And those few times we'd brave the cold and go up in January or February to open up the place and see if it was okay with no bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah. We'd, uh, we'd go in, and we talked about that on the show. You'd walk into the sportsman and everybody there had their own stool. And it was almost like like an episode of Cheers, Cheers or something. Right? Every neck turned around and looked at you. And they were friendly people, you know, but it was just sort of, hmm. And then there was kind of the murmur of, ah, cabin people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You're right. We're cabin people. Here, yeah. for, here for a cup of coffee in the bathroom, and then we'll probably go back to the cities. But uh, Would you ever thought of like, uh, well, I'm going to build or not build, but maybe Find a cabin buy, to yeah, own, or did you just think, no, we'll just travel? At and one time, it. one time on, uh, we found a log cabin built in the 30s. It had a, an outbuilding, a, a bunkhouse, sure. own log yeah. cabin, yeah. And that was in northern Wisconsin on Tabor Lake, which is part of a big chain up there. Hmm. And we put a bid on it, and we were outbid by not too much. Yeah. 
I think it sold for fifty-nine thousand or something. Okay. And then about three years later, the realtor wrote back and said,、uh, "Remember that cabin? It could be yours for two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars." Oh my gosh! Thanks. Sure, it could. Yeah. <laughs> In some other universe. But we、yeah. we we、uh, we love traveling to new places all、right. the time. So、okay. the idea of having one place now. That yeah, you're yeah. strapped to, and you、yeah. have to take care of the roof, and get the mice out in the spring, mow the yard, and <laughs> yeah, dig out, yeah. take the dock out, put the dock back. That's in. right. And, little,、uh, yeah, it was the, my lovely wife. That's that's. Thankfully, she talked me off the ledge. I I went into a major motive. I I got to replace that cabin. My kids are young. I've got to replace that. It was such a formative experience, you know. And we all share that experience.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And.、Uh, A the financial planner who said you're you're in the wrong line of work, my friend. <laughs> you're not going to do that anytime soon,、yeah. unless your cabin's a very large tent, you know.、Yeah. And then、uh, part B, she, I just remember she kept saying to me, "Look, we can we can go different places and、yeah. enjoy it, and then we get to leave,、mm-hmm. and all the upkeep and all the maintenance is on somebody else." And over the years, I've really begun to appreciate that wisdom because, boy, you're right. I mean, something to be said. There is, there is, and to see so many different places. You know, there's so many lodges and resorts here in Minnesota. I have yet to even set foot in. I'd love to see what's the brilliantly painted lodge way up north,、um, Burnside Lodge on Burnside Lake. Yeah, near、oh, Ely. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly, where they filmed or at least photographed the original Hams. The commercial, Lake, yeah, boom, boom, yeah,、huh. bear, yeah. yeah, where you see the sparkling waters. Sure,、uh, that's a wonderful, wonderful place. That's、uh, you know pricey now. Yeah, I'm probably not saying it right, but isn't there a there's like a oh Nanabuju, Nanabuju.、Yeah. We went、yeah. there two years ago. Yeah, that was a bucket list place for us. Yeah, and this beautiful is a, paint job on this、sites. is a place on on the way to Grand Marais, and then a little bit past Grand Marais. Yeah, on the way to Thunder Bay. And they have the the big lodge, which has this incredible dining room、right. with Cree Indian motif、mm. painting all through this entire room, and it is spectacular. Yeah,、really、I've、wow. seen some photographs. I've, I and I feel like maybe nah, I don't think I've ever been there. I know、yeah. I've seen pictures. You got to go there someday and just go for lunch. Yeah, yeah. it looks really, amazing, really terrific. And I hear a lot about Grand Marais. I've driven through it on the way to Tundra Bay. Yeah, but I, no. But Grand Marais is a good stop too. Yeah, that's what I hear.、That's、a lot of places like that have these、uh, boutique hotels now. Right. right. You want to live it up.、Uh, well, in your antique collecting, Tim, did you ever、uh, want to get an old Hams beer light?、Uh, you know, with the the moving rippling water. Or or their fans. I've seen the, many, the many、beer. of those. When I first got an apartment in Dubuque, Iowa, I went to the local beer distributorship、mm. and said, "Have you got any signs?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had, you know, all these. Kind of fancy plastic signs that,、sure. that they'd give to the distributors、mm. and or the retailers, and、right. so that was my idea of decorating back then. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had、on、a similar、cheap. decorator. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a beer light collector for a while, and,、yeah. uh, and worked in a couple of restaurants that was they had the stuff and they'd be done with it and they'd just stick it in the back closet, and I'd say. This、I'll, place is about to go under. You're not going to miss that light. Yeah, I had all these lights, and then. And then they went away too. I,、uh, <laughs> you know, right? Somebody, somebody、like、told me we never perform anymore. <clears throat> oh well, so we don't. Well, it's was... it's good that 
uh, Tim, you and your wife share a love of a antiques passion for and things uh, past. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So you can buy. Do you ever run into that kind of like, uh, isn't this great? And the other says, no. But <laughs> but given the amount of fascinating Junk. stuff you have, <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't say that. No, I think it's outstanding. I yeah. Now we're we're of a like mind. I don't recall really thinking. Uh, yeah, I don't. We seem to like the same things. Mm. So, which is makes it for a long marriage. Well, yeah. that's good. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Well, thanks so much for yes, uh, my gosh, opening up your home Wonderful to us stories. so we could be Wonderful here in person. Home. His yeah. wife Judy made made sure we were well fed, well fed, and yeah. the coffee kept was kept pouring. And you know us with the mixed yeah, coffee, lutefisk and snus. <laughs> <laughs> we we made sure to swallow the lutefisk before we. Chewed the snooze. Exactly. Nobody swallowed their snooze. It's one of so the rules. That's, a, that's right. That's right. of anger. <laughs> Many have said they, after smelling Ludafix, they prefer to eat the snooze. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, I think they're probably accurate. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so oh, much for, for uh, inviting for us you. and inviting me. Absolutely. Wait a minute. Absolutely. I have. Uh, I thought if I asked for one uh, impersonation, I would ask for Johnny Carson. Could you? Ah, uh, Johnny. Johnny Carson. <laughs> uh, I uh, I'd like to leave that to uh, Kevin Spacey, but uh, he's not available right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Somebody somewhere Thank is yelling, you, so "You are correct, sir." So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are correct, sir. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for all the time, Tim. This was a real investment of your time. It was a real we appreciate treat. it, and I think our audience is is all the better for it. So yes, indeed. A big thanks to, to Tim Russell and of course Sue Scott in Abstentia. And uh, I guess at this point I'll just say, hey, I'm still Bjorn Lloydstad. I guess I'm still Fud Clark. Right. And this is still Cat. And Don is still Don. Don is over there somewhere going, yeah, that was an easy one. So, oh, yes. Thank all right. you so much. Thanks again, Tim. Outstanding. Thank and, you. Uh, We'll see you all again real soon. Thank you so much. Crazy. I'm starting to get cabin fever. Crazy. I need to escape back up north. I know. The summer months are disappearing. I need to hear the waves hitting the shore. Worry, you bet your bottom I'm worried. Wondering when will our drought go away? Crazy, I desperately have cabin fever. I'm missing my fishing, so I can't help but wishing for some downtime at the cabin with you. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 